war is over. I've lost the urge to break your neck. I owe my life to what's new, Pussycat. What? We are hottest one hundreds and thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hardest One Hundred. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour. Or so, joining me once again, Nathan Harrison. Hello, Adam Boncher. Yo, and uh, why don't you introduce yourself, friend? Well, I don't know what I'm doing. Are you pushing the bit? This is, this, is your, this is your moment. You get to choose. Oh, I'm definitely Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yay! Oh, my God! Yeah. Is, that, is that Andrew? Yeah. Oh, I didn't that fucking enthusiastic hello from me just to, like, make the wait all the more worth it. Holy shit, man. How did you get out? Oh, I just... Very carefully. <laughs> or, you Steve McQueen that shit. Or, or what's the other one? Practice. <laughs> How did you get to Carnegie Hall? Yeah. I heard a rumor that he you escaped from prison. Practice. <laughs> I heard a rumor that he built a boat with Tim Robbins, and now he's here. Yeah. And thanks to everyone who uh, left a five star review saying "Free Andrew" or mm. "Keep him in prison." Yeah. Uh, and, and to everyone who used the hashtag "Free Andrew" mm. or hashtag "Keep Andrew yeah. in prison." Yeah. yeah. The real. Um, yeah, I really didn't you, appreciate. Get those kill DJ White ones. <laughs> I'm, I'm back in spite of popular demand. Why did they do that? Look, I've got, I, 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 I've got my reasons. Look, if you missed out on the campaign for justice, it's not too late. You can still leave a five star review. With you, are, either, you definitely can still do that. I'm glad Andrew's no longer in prison or appeal or like cops. This is where he lives. <laughs> the things. Fugitive is a great movie. <laughs> the, the real prison was the police state we were living in along the way. Hey! He's back. He's back. <laughs> Oh, he's on his show. Yeah. Well, everything's back to normal. Let's 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 get out of the '90s, shall we? I reckon we got some uh, some killer tracks to talk about, and uh, I reckon we got at least five, <laughs> maybe <Wow>. more, <laughs> maybe many I, more. I reckon we've got max five this episode. <laughs> Let's yeah. do five songs and see how we feel. That's mm. an interesting format suggestion. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> just, well, I'm game to try it. The <laughs> format suggestion is maybe we'll do another episode. <laughs> maybe we won't. <laughs> Over more than five years, we've never set out to just do five songs. It's, it's just always happened out that yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, there's that, that We fun, get to five songs and we're all a bit yeah, sleepy. There's, there's that fun fact about uh, mathematics and cards. Like there's the amount of... Because a deck of 52 cards, if you shuffle them properly, the odds of that particular order ever coming come up before is minute to nil like if you shuffle them well that order of cards has never come up before pretty much and that's really that's really cool but uh, a funnier thing would be if there's actually only been about seven different variations it's just been insanely unlikely it's a good card joke Andrew <laughs> <laughs> choose the song what are you doing I'm oh, sorry I'm you want me to choose <laughs> put us in man what are we talking about well. fucking changed what's you no- man what's number 96 well uh, for number 95, I have selected... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my job. <laughs> for the 95th song in the countdown, I've selected uh, a number by Beck. Oh, oh well done. Yeah. 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 Thank Good you, work. thank you. I'm, I'm very proud of this choice. It's from, uh, from the album Mutations. It's a song called Tropicalia. When they beat upon a broken guitar and other streets Rico tropical charms, the embassies, lying hideous yards where tourists know and decay. But when they dance in a reptile blaze, you wear a mask, an equatorial haze, and through the past, a colonial maze where there's no more confetti to thrive. You wouldn't know what to say to yourself. Love is a poverty you couldn't sell. Misery waits in vain. 
back with Tropicalia. Andrew. David. You've been living it up in the Bahamas. Does this elicit some strong memories for you? Fond memories of prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it changes a um, man. Yeah. It really this, does. Uh, like, in absolutely like true to Beck style, it's so funny that like, how does he follow up the huge success of Odelay, right? Like this monstrous album, MTV classic, just like, they, and it's like, all right, how about a weirdo acoustic album? Um, and that's what, and that's what he did with Mutations. Um, this that's is, our boy. This is probably the most obvious, like what you call a single from Mutations. And it's so funny because last time we spoke about Beck when we did, um, uh, Dead Weight. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, in that, we were like, oh yeah, he's pulling out some Bossa Nova-y Tropicalia vibes. And then he's like, clearly was, he, he, must have been enamored with that sound when he wrote it properly. Or at least saw the success in the previous Hottest 100 yeah. and was like, wow. Yeah, well, if the boys are going to talk about me like this again <laughs> in, the, in the future, <laughs> better do another. It's part of what's called the Brazilian trilogy. Right, what's the other? What concludes uh, the trilogy? It's Deadway, Tropicalia, and. Right in. At us. Let us know about that other yeah. one. <laughs> Research. <laughs> I've changed my brand too. Yeah. Uh, I used now to be all about the DIY cast. Now I only read the first half of every fact. <laughs> and, now it's, and, now, and then I ask other people to fill me in. Yeah. It's a bold new strategy to get more engagement. To <laughs> <laughs> leave things out. You're a sociopath, uh, man. Did you know when Beck was touring in China, <laughs> what do you think happened? <laughs> Addis. Yeah, Addis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun fact, Beck actually later embraced um, Addis. <laughs> um, yeah. While Adam was going through Beck's garbage, he found a used napkin, <laughs> a broken DVD of Cool Runnings, a third thing. Addis. What could it be? So interesting seeing him embracing these kind of like bossa nova style grooves that he clearly was just into and ma- marrying those with his own kind of ro- vocally rambling stream of consciousness style lyrics. Um, this is hardly like Beck's finest hour, right? It's not anybody's favourite Beck song, <laughs> no. but like it's another piece of the puzzle that is his sound and I love that. Like I always... It's, it's so interesting that he is able to do so many things differently and do them all so well and this is just a fun piece of like... He just clearly was this little bunch of like Getz Gilberto bossa nova tunes and was like, I can do that. And he can. And it, like, I'm sure I'd heard it before, but I didn't remember it from before. Mm. But, it, like, it warmed on me. And by the end, I was like, you know what? Like, I, I could enjoy this being on the radio a bunch. If it's in rotation on Triple J, like, yeah. why not, you know? I really enjoy this song. I think it's really amazing how Beck manages to capture the true vibe of Bossa Nova. He doesn't feel like he's sending it up. He doesn't feel like... He's just... He's doing it really well. But, you know, trading in it earnestly... Irony is still part of the currency, so he's able to just slot in there really, really nicely. To me, it just conjures this story of, like, uh, a couple on the rocks who, their marriage is failing, and so they're trying to save it by going on this weird tropical holiday together, except you look at the lyrics and just, like, you know, they're, they're just fighting all the time and cheating on each other and... It's a shit holiday. They're not having a good time. <laughs> it's like they went to the Bahamas but spent all their time in jail. But I think it's, I think it's awesome. Uh, you know what's really interesting about this as well um, and who this probably was a real holiday for? Nigel Godrich, who produced this song. Ah. So he's come straight off the back of OK Computer and he's gone, you know what? I, why don't I just work with Beck? I That's just want to have great. some fun. <laughs> like, like, I just had a slog. Like, as yeah. if like Beck wasn't like, I want to do this song and I just like, Yes, like yeah, exactly. Oh this would have been such a fun <laughs> yeah, yeah, project. Yeah. Like it would, yeah, because there's still so much going on, but it's just so far removed from everything else. Yes, and you can totally, awesome. you can tell that it's him as well with like the all the just little sonic. 
pieces that he's so known for, you know, really contribute to the texture of of a song. I think it's like a, a trademark of uh, Godrich's Godrich. production. Mm. Yeah, and it's there. It's there yeah, for sure. And the horns are just so soft. They're just like. Yeah, yeah. And it's it like just the way you can totally just lean into the whole like lounge suit. Yeah, fully, right? Yeah, yeah. Do the shoulders yeah. Yeah. and uh, it's man, Beck, you're so cool. Yeah, it's, it's so kind of like, cool, Beck. Like, it, like you put on the effect of like you like the zoot suit and you're uh, making a cocktail with like tongs picking up ice cubes and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Do, 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 but it's all a bit, it's all a bit crappy as well. Yeah, like fully, everything right? is yeah. like. You know, it sounds like a bad holiday resort. Oh, it's like that, oh totally. That, that episode of The Office where they have the luau in the, um, <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the fucking garage. Yeah. That's, that, it could be that. <laughs> totally. The shitty, like they're, they're in the office cutting out the green grass yeah. skirt. <laughs> yeah. But it's Beck being there to do the music and having too much fun doing the music for the garage luau. Like, That's right. And like everyone he's else just is... enjoying it too much because he's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Trying to encourage everyone to get involved. The, the Office. The, the, the Michael tips, Scott? That's the, the Office. The guy who plays The Office. Mr. Office himself. Hey, guys, it's me, The, the office. office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's... Yeah, they had to teach the now. We just say, like, man, I love working in The Office, US version. <laughs> <laughs> you vibe with this, yeah? Uh, look, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> look, Mutations is no one's favourite Beck record. I include Beck in that category. Has he said that? No! Do you know what, though? Hey, Beck, at us. Have you said Uh, that? There are a lot of people in the world. It's probably someone's favourite Beck album. If it is, you know what to do. Whether that's because (laughs) it's like, yeah, yeah, please, just at us. (laughs) Maybe it's like the first one they came across. That's a weird time. Or it could be. You know, it was a real rock for them while they were were going through it. Like, and. Like, Trevor Kalia got some people through some really tough times. Oh, man. And then Sea Change came out and they're like, oh, if only I had my crisis a couple of years later. Like, come on! Come on! Like, literally, that's a sob to Tropicalia instead of Paper Dragon. That's a sob to Tropicalia. Had no choice. Had to do it. Sweet Jesus. Think about it, though. Like, literally a year later, he puts out Midnight Vultures. Like, that's fucked. But I think even, like, probably I'm projecting, but I feel like I can see some of the workings towards that shift here. I guess. But, like, yeah. there's so much groove yeah. going on that's yeah. a different kind to that, you know, the, the overlay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, even- like, really starting to play with different ways to, to blend that, you know, irony stream of consciousness vocals right. with a weird genre groove, yeah. you know? And that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like what I so handsomely said before when <laughs> it's like you're trading in something... Yeah, that is that is kind of ironic in its own trappings, but you just embody that earnestly, um, and then you're just kind of already there. Mm. And if anyone could pull off ironic trap, it'd be Beck. Oh my god, make it happen! (laughs) Literally, my only memories of mutations. um, You remember when Rage would like have like a special on an artist, and they'd go through everything in their archives, and they just play every video they had. Before they played, like, I think there maybe might have been a video from Mutations, but before that they played an EPK electronic press kit of Mutations, which I believe was Beck interviewing himself. <laughs> Great. Right. So I love it. if Mutations was a fruit, what kind of fruit would it be? And he's just deadpan. He's just like, yeah, I'd have to say a pomegranate. That's a that good tells, answer. That tells me everything yeah. I need to know about this record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weirdly. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be a, a good match to uh, sit down and listen to Mutations and eat a pomegranate. 
Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't sitting down eating a pomegranate. Like it's just just seeds. You, yeah, I love you want to eat pomegranate. a pomegranate this on the go. This bitch stands up. <laughs> I want to. He I stands up when he eats pomegranates. You know God what? Damn I, it. I got, for the train. Pomegranate I got places hands. to be. <laughs> for the busy businessman. Yeah. That's right. But pomegranates so rich in antioxidants. <laughs> I don't want to miss out on that yeah, party. That's true. So I've seen so... Adam Butcher just storming down the street, double fisting some <laughs> fucking some pomegranates. Pomegranates. Yeah. Pomegranates. Yeah. Pomegranates. Chomping one, chomping another. You just seen his. Eyes like, I'm gonna go sort yeah. someone out, <laughs> and I do. I throw pomegranates at them. The, <laughs> the best way to eat pomegranate is to be like a lord of luxury and get like a tiny skewer and just like pick out the individual bad oh, boys. That's I pretty like, good. Daddy yeah. likes that. Yeah. But I, I like I like just pomegranate seeds in a salad. They're Partic- great in a salad. Particularly, man, but- I think this is a great flavor pairing. Is pomegranate with halloumi? Yeah, they mm-hmm. work wonderful. Oh, yeah, in like, in, 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 like, in like a leafy green salad. Yeah. 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 Something mm-hmm. else that's good to do is to uh, not have any boiling water and just eat your migraine <laughs> like a like a mammy noodles Ooh. because the office is broken with the hot water. Not projecting my own life recently. But, um, <laughs> Wait, why did you decide to tell us that? I thought it'd be just <laughs> confess, I thought this was a safe space. <laughs> He's just he's just trying to make it relatable. He's just trying to make it relatable to the people out there. Okay. Like me, the office, original version. <laughs> the office, UK version. Yeah. I assume he did it, but has has Beck uh released the fruit pairings of his other albums? Hasn't. Oh. Uh, but we should do that. Yes, we should. <laughs> what would Midnight Vultures be? What fruit fox? Oh, Addis. <laughs> yeah, 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 go, yeah. Go ahead and Addis. What fruit yeah. fox? Mm, what's the, what, like, the sea change would be like? I really the miserable. saddest fruit. Yeah. What is the Golden saddest delicious fruit? Golden delicious. <laughs> Golden delicious. Yes! No, but it's still good, right? Like, yeah, and Golden delicious is, a, is like the, the asshole of the apple. What's, what's the real like fruit for one? Kiwi. <laughs> the fruit that you can't share. <laughs> kiwi. Surely. Red grapes. Fruit, yeah. fruit can't you yeah. share? <laughs> it's four grapes. <laughs> Sea change is sour grapes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Mm. That's classic Addis. Yeah, that's you, classic you Addis. To, <laughs> you have to Addis about Beckfruit. Hashtag yeah. Beckfruit. Or leave it as a <laughs> Tell us with, with, no, with no context as to why, please leave yeah. us a five-star review explaining says- which album pairs well with a bit of fruit. It just says Odelay pairs. Yeah. That's all it says. Yeah. <laughs> just that. Yeah. Five stars, Odelay At number 94, it's the return of the smashing pumpkins. This is perfect. Pumpkins 94 in the 1998 Hottest 100. The song is perfect. It's from the album Ava Adore. 
1998. The Smashing Pumpkins is Billy Corgan, Darcy Retsky, and James Iha. They make this record together with the assistance of session drummers and drum machines to make up for the absence of Jimmy Chamberlain, who is in rehab. Interesting time for the Smashing Pumpkins. They are trying to rewrite themselves. They are they are trying to redefine what their band is. When they're playing their old songs live, they are completely unrecognisable. So they're basically just fucking with the foundations of the band. At this point, it's actually kind of good. It's kind of refreshing, considering, you know, like, everyone was so sick of Billy Corgan's shit at this point. And <clears throat> I can imagine older fans would have been pissed off, but... With a little bit of hindsight, I look back on this era a little more fondly than most, just because I appreciate what they were going for. They were just like, if we're going to hell, we're taking everyone and all of our music with us. Well, this leads us to Perfect, which uh, is strange because, like, for all their outward destruction of what they're trying to do, this is one of the most traditional-sounding pumpkin singles that they've ever done. I see this as a spiritual successor to 1979. Very good call. Yeah, I, I you can also see that vibe. in the music if you've seen it's the music video. Explicitly a sequel to it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, like it reflects on youth and Billy Corgan is riding around in the back of a car again and like watching the world go by. Except this time he doesn't have hair. You know, he looks they've got, like they've got, they've got the same actors back. The ones yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah, I love it. So like, there's you know, there's that through line there, and that's kind of cool. I really, really enjoy that, especially in relation to what you were just saying with the band. You know revising their old material to yeah. have this revisionist kind of thread coming through or a sequel to a song about youth you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. especially one that's like it's a breakup song really mm. like for all intents and purposes this should not work and yet i will go to the fucking grave defending this song this is, in my opinion, possibly the most underrated Smashing Pumpkins single. This never got the love it deserved. This uh, has always kind of just been overlooked as just like, oh, yeah, also this song came out, you know? Like, this is no one's favourite Smashing Pumpkins song from no one's favourite Smashing Pumpkins album. But at the same time, I love this song. I love the melody. I love the beat. I love the the use of melody and the use of guitars. Like, there's just something really simple and really beautiful about this song. Like, I have my problems with the door. Fucking every Smashing Pumpkins fan has their problems with the door. But for three and a half minutes or whatever the fuck, however long this song is, like, that doesn't matter. You know, they have this brief moment of tranquility where you're just like, Fuck, Billy Corgan could write a song when he actually bothered writing songs. Yeah, it's, it's a real kind of like almost like a last hurrah to that kind of soft thing that he can do or could do. That synthy guitar pop sound, it's very pretty and it's nicely reminded that Billy can do really pretty, delicate vocal work as well. I like write a delicate song. It's a, it's a really nice reminder. And because it, it's super easy, 1979 part two. Hmm. Like, I, I really like, I've always been very interested in the idea of there being part twos to songs or sequels to songs or, or revisiting old ideas or whatever. So when I kind of heard and you hear it more than anything else, like, ah, oh, this is, really does bear a similarity to 1979 and to hear that that's deliberate or whatever, mm. I thought, like, that kind of intrigued me 
kind of automatically. I could believe that this is someone's favourite Smashing Pumpkins song. I think if Tropicalia could be someone's <laughs> favourite Beck song, like, because again, like, if you found this at a certain point in your life, it just matches so well. This is the breakup where no one did anything wrong, but just all of a sudden you wake up one day and the ghost's gone out of it. The spirit's gone and you just look at each other and you go like, oh, this is over. Like, there aren't a lot of breakup songs that capture it as nicely as this does. I think it really, the, the lethargic kind of accepting nature of it really communicates that because also like i think in that situation there's a certain freedom that you get or a certain awareness of your freedom that you get from that like you there's a really a release like it's uh it's a breaking dawn and i think that kind of optimism weirdly uh persists in this song as well billy corgan talks about the idea that you know every couple tries to be perfect but the irony is that that's not something that you can actually aim for and i think that plays into Mm. the 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 mood of the song really nicely as well this is like the perfect sitting on a bus i'm really tired but i still want to listen to music song it's just that really cradling Mm. nice just just a little bit emotional kind of track i've got a lot of time for it i think it's really cool yeah i agree yeah i I think it's a beautiful track oh okay this is surprising yeah yeah. i wouldn't wouldn't expect anyone to like this no i think it's great you kind of said before it's like everything is just enough yeah yeah yeah, that's nice. It's just the song that you can give yourself to, but you don't have to really get lost in because it's just kind of there. And I guess some uh, some Cure vibes from the guitar yeah. melody. Oh, yeah. that's a really yeah. Yeah. yeah good call. Yeah. Good call. It's a, a not all that similar to what Cure, the Cure were doing in the nineties as well. Mm. In a lot of ways, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think there's definitely some <laughs> tracks of the off. Judge Dredd soundtrack yeah. <laughs> and other movie soundtracks. Yeah. But some of the really lighter songs off, like Wish, yeah. I think you could probably yeah. draw some connections to. This is lovely, and it's suitable in its way that it has this kind of melancholic tone to it because it is kind of the last time Billy would write a song like yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I was expecting it to be a lot worse because the reputation of Adore precedes it. And honestly, like, like you look at the video and it's Billy in a cowboy hat and you're like, oh boy, here we go. Wow. <laughs> this is gonna... Does he? I didn't watch the video. We're not, we're not, every, not everyone's getting out of this alive. Yeah. But then it starts to be like, oh. Real yeehaw hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently in the video, because he's sitting like on top of a crane or something because they just wanted to get a really high shot, like 360 shot of him sitting up with a city in the background. And he's like terrified of heights. Um, but didn't realize how bad it would be until he was up there. And apparently he was just like, he was just like riddled with like fear and anxiety for weeks afterwards. Wow. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's just, what a beautiful track. Mm. Were you expecting a fight? (laughs) Sort of. Yeah. I was expecting a lot more apathy, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's lovely. We're at one with you. As someone who hasn't listened to heaps of pumpkins, I'd put this as one of my favorite pumpkins tracks interesting mm. okay no nice one it just kind of it kind of lacks the impact of 1979 which is why i think it's a nice companion piece to it yeah mm. you know mm. this and is that, just the this is the cooling off yeah that's it i think yeah. i think it's really nice for artists to return to ideas after you know a significant amount of time has passed because that is often very interesting and you know the fact that even this does have less impact when returning to that idea and it's just kind of a bit more melancholy maybe or whatever. Well, it's kind of mm. insane that, like, you, you, that. you say, like, uh, returning to an old idea, but 1979, we talked about that in season four. Mm. Like, that's only two years. Years and years ago. But you no, know, no, you I know, know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like, it's... Mm. Uh, yeah. it, it, that's true. But the, but the song itself was the representation of the past. So it does still give the illusion yeah. of returning to the past. Yeah. In this way, I guess, like, you know, how weird. do you remember being 
12 and then how different will you remembering being 12 be in a couple of years from now maybe mm. interesting thoughts yeah yeah at us <laughs> At number 93, this is Silverchair. Oh, what are you guys looking at me for? There's no title to this song. I can't introduce it. <laughs> can't argue with that. I'm just another part of town. Silverchair coming in at number 93 in the 1998 Hottest 100. Adam. Yes. This Hi. is a song. That was too happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is It is a song. So uh, what can you tell us about the, the song? song? Well, it comes from the Godzilla soundtrack. Yeah, boy. The Godzilla song. Godzilla! <laughs> The Matthew Broderick. The one. Matthew Broderick. Yes! yes. So this song is Come about being me, so sad because Godzilla's trying <laughs> to eat Ferris Bueller. Because there's too much Godzilla. <laughs> no, I thought I actually. I actually thought it's like, has anyone checked on Godzilla? Because I, was, if it's, I thought it was from Godzilla's point of view. Ooh. Like, oh. like he's, he's he's like all mad and stuff, and he's like trashing the city, and no one's listening to him because he's, he's a freak and he of can- nature. <laughs> Silver chair, <laughs> and then he comes. He just comes home to the Godzilla cave, and he pours himself a whiskey and he breathes out. And and this song plays. Like, like obviously, it, it, that's what happens in the movie. I haven't it, seen the movie, it, but it that's changes from what being happens. really quite beautiful to just incredibly emo and mopey. If you picture Godzilla like kicking around the city, going yeah. dreams are bad when negativity is a state of mind. <laughs> it's like, all right, man, you're destroying banks. Like, Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> ally. I was wondering. I was total ally. Here we are, and it couldn't be better. Couldn't Guys, be better. I actually would like to propose and uh, and add us, if you think this is a good idea. But I would like to really delve into like a kind of exploration of how movie soundtrack songs work like how they come about and and the mechanisms kind of behind that because we've dealt with so many and it's always so interesting seeing that the way they interact with the work that then comes afterwards i mean the best example is quite recently when we talked in the top 10 talking about radiohead having a moment where they really gelled with the creative process of okay computer because they worked on exit music for a film for Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet soundtrack and that really helped out when I hear this song I go like wow this is totally proto-neon ballroom the whole Godzilla experience is real <laughs> proto-neon ballroom so this wasn't on a Silverchair album no, I, no which is why soundtrack exclusive I had not heard this Silverchair track until I came to prep for this episode it was a, it was a new Silverchair Whoa. discovery for me me the Silverchair fan okay 
Yeah. That's awesome. Also, though, do you really, when you get into a band, do you not check Godzilla soundtracks for <laughs> songs about that band? Okay, Adam. We I have mean, I was processes uh, for music, obviously. The Godzilla soundtrack to me was just all about that Puff Daddy cashmere sampling uh, hugeness. <laughs> What's it called? Come with me? <laughs> it's great. Puff Daddy oh, rapping and over cashmere. The Wallflowers cover of Heroes. Oh, yeah. Good kush. There you go. Godzilla soundtrack another great 90s soundtrack yes! pick it up throw it on right up there with Spawn, Spawn. Except, except with this one it's Godzilla going huh oh no it's on the radio <laughs> I feel so blue right now I hope there's a song that can connect with me <laughs> gets a call oh hi Spawn what are you listening to now I'm listening to a different soundtrack I'm listening to Godzilla soundtrack progress on 98 <laughs> I just I just checked like there's a video for this song but it doesn't have no. any go- I was oh, no of course not but there's but also, you know those there's a world where Sumatera are playing this song and go, and like the roof crumbs in they look up and then just the like, in the heavy moments like he's destroying the buildings behind them yeah. and in the end of the song is uh, he and, and Godzilla locking <laughs> eyes with each other and then turning away and Godzilla walks into the distance. Yeah. It's beautiful. Walks back what, in the ocean. Could, like, you what know, could have been? Yeah. Yeah. Now kiss. Yeah, or it'd be like, the, uh, like you know, the, the MIB one where Will Smith dances with the alien, like Godzilla's jamming out to silver chair music. <laughs> Just rocking along. Starts absolutely fucking wailing. <laughs> it's like Silverchair like like across and they get the impressed faces. They all throw out the horns. They all throw out the horns I love any time we talk about songs from movie soundtracks. It's my favorite thing. Cause this happens. Yeah. Um but honestly, what a heartbreaking song! Like to 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 bring it to bring it right down. How it's, could you, it, it, how could you not just want to save Daniel Johns in it's, any it's possible way? When you, seriously, one of the most depressing songs I've spoken about. It is a hundred percent that. Like, and even from the like the very opening way that he that he sings those first couple of lines, given what they are and how beautifully that he sings them, it's just like. I'm broken from the very beginning when I hear this. It becomes even more tragic when you look at the fact that really this is a song to me of of someone who's not in sadness, but is having a brief moment when they're outside of sadness just long enough to express how they feel, but knowing they can't do anything about it. Mm. Like that's what this song is. It so beautifully articulates the very personal and particular sadness that Daniel Johns is feeling, but knows that he can't do anything about. Like that to me is even, is even like sadder. The lyrics are just, absolutely heartbreaking from woe to go and definitely like as i said a prelude to what's going to be coming for neon ballroom which is really daniel john's opening up and, yeah. and expressing musically uh, a whole lot of of the stuff that he's going through and getting even more particular a lot of people uh have, have pointed to the song potentially touching on uh his eating disorder which he then writes about in anna's song in uh, in Neon Ballroom. But you also have Emotion Sickness as the opener to that album, which is very like, a wonderful expression of what it's like to feel depressed, really. Like, his eating disorder, like, it's kind of well-documented in his work and also in yes. the press kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, his eating disorder seems to be the symptom... seems to be, like, a symptom of his depression. Like, he seems to be a sickeningly depressed person around this time of his life. And all these kind Hugely. of lyrics here, like, like, 
like the dreams are bad when you leave the truth behind and shit like that. It just doesn't feel like he's a person anymore. It's like yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's just, it's just, like and the muddy distortion punctures in this song. Like it's just yeah. Fucking, it's miserable, man. Yeah. Like, it's a grim p- fucking piece of music. But it's so beautiful like, at the same it's, it's, time. It's, it's which gorgeous. Is, which, like, is, which is like yeah. the whole silver chair thing. And again, like, I think it reflects on Daniel Johns as a creative person as well and the output that he's putting out. That's like, yeah, he's just opening himself up. Mm. And he's continuing to create and create amazing stuff despite feeling this way about feeling that way yeah it's so that's, wild i can't i can't like kind of that's amazing to me yeah it's, it's so wild that like knowing just like a couple of years ago it was just like oh, i'm a freak oh, i'm a freak kind yeah. of rocky like this funness to that kind of thing like that and it's just like within a couple of years like keep an eye on me guys i'm suicidal like yeah 100 percent. but and then like to to lift it up a little bit you get to diorama and i think the beauty of that album is it's an older daniel johns having overcome mm-hmm. and and being in a better place, reflecting back on that, and and it's that's a recovery album, which is why it's so amazing. Um, not that not that Neil Borum is, I think Neil Borum is also, a, you know, an, an absolutely amazing album as well. And it's like, yeah, the thing that I've really always admired about Silverchair and Daniel Johns is the way that he's able to live fully through his music. And mm. I, and I think yeah, like also talking about it being a prelude to Neil Borum musically, it's that as well. Strings, piano. The heavy guitar kind of cutting in on that, that that's all very, very much present throughout the album that is to come. So again, it makes me wonder how much was the sound of Neon Ballroom informed by the working on this track or how or by the, or, go, the movie Godzilla. Or by or you know By the with, person Godzilla. By the person <laughs> Godzilla. But, yeah. yeah, I mean you know, not obviously not to, to minimize what he's going through. Um but that's what really grabs me. As someone who doesn't have the biggest knowledge of Silverchair. You know, the last time we talked about them was Freak, and then to have this, this? as the next, like, yeah. It, yeah. At at first, it feels like such a, a violent shift, but then, like, you know, the heavy guitar still comes in, and you're like, oh man, like you're you're just like pushing it into a new space. It's incredible just seeing seeing that shift in songwriting and and what he can do with a song. And Freak was still honest, is the thing. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think absolutely. The way we talked about it was very much like being honestly pissed off but, but mm. being youthful and that was just the best way to express that particular emotion it's just that the the game has shifted the emotion has shifted you you fucking see daniel johns now you're just like oh fuck you're like 30 something now yeah like he's young this this shit all went down yeah. before he was fucking 20 yeah. man for everything that they achieved you also realize like how fucked up that is like and how how much pressure was on this band and to I, succeed it's kind of messed up as well like just thinking about it because when i look at daniel johns there he's just like the epitome of youth and beauty because he's mm. beautiful and oh yeah he's gorgeous around this but, point like oh. and but but the tragic you know like and he's so tragic as well it's almost too romantic to keep him that way you romanticize that figure, and that's not helpful to to the person. No, it's, it, it's what, you know it's what, what I mean. Like, like that's what we do as consumers of art. Like you do it with every, yeah. like with, particularly with depressed people. It's just another kind de- of tragedy, though. Yeah, particularly with depressed artists who are young and beautiful. It's what you do. It's people. Yeah, you, 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 we do it with everything. Yeah. Of course. And, 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 and How could you not? How could you not? Though, but, like, yeah. But it's because things. It's it's an interesting story, right? Like yeah. someone who's well adjusted and just a regular guy who likes to make music. That's not interesting. What's interesting is somebody struggling with depression and eating disorder who is inhumanly beautiful and this young, angry kid. 
Yeah, that's that's an that's a more interesting story. And that, it is. It's it's part of the human condition that it sucks, and it sucks for Daniel because it, like it must have, it affected him badly. And I hope yeah. he's happy now. I like yeah, to think he's doing okay now. As a final... I saw him a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, really. Yeah, he played at the Opera House. No, with, okay. With his new project, Dreams, with mm. uh, with Mr. Luke Steele. Yeah, I like that music is just fun for him now. Like ever since, mm-hmm. ever since Young Modern, really. The, uh, the the final thing I would say is, is like I think it's so perfect that the song is called Untitled because it's like, what title could you give it? Mm-hmm. You know, look uh, out, there's Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> that was its working title. Um, also worth noting on on the Godzilla soundtrack, uh, we have other. Yep. Uh, we talked about uh, Ben Folds. Oh, what? Um, what? Air? We haven't song? talked about that song, but Air? Green Day's uh, Brain Stew, which we talked about in season dun-na, three, dun-na, I think. Dun-na. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Jamiroquai, Deeper Underground. Nice. For when I'm Godzilla going goes deeper underground. Deeper underground. Yeah. For when, yeah. 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 And when Godzilla, you know, needs to boogie out a little bit. When he stops being sad. Yeah, mm. exactly. Hey, Spawn. <laughs> Why don't you come over and listen to Jamiroquai? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, he pulls up his sleeve to reveal the little alien dude. <laughs> yeah. Slaves. Godzilla, I keep asking you, stop calling me. <laughs> I'm busy listening to this. This is getting inappropriate. <laughs> I'm not coming around to dance with you. You, my are, vision, you are much Godzilla. larger than I. <laughs> All music gave the soundtrack two and a half stars. Oh, boom. Boom. At number 92, it's the return of Tom Jones coming in at number 92. Tom Jones, Tom Jones. Tom Jones, Tom Jones in the 1998 Hardest 100. It's so great when there's cross-pollination of uh, Hardest 100 alum. I forgot about the Tom Jones song we talked about. So good. So good. good. How the fuck did you forget that song? Do we talk about him with the cardigans later? Did that get in? Oh, oh, oh sorry, Andrew, are you talking about the best version oh, of Burning, Burning Down, Down the House? House. The, I am the best one. I'm so fucking triggered. If, 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 if Ace was here, me, he I'm would so beat the shit out Andrew, of you. Andrew, I am so serious. Oh, I am not. fucking God. <laughs> oh. 
He's the best. David Byrd did not live to suffer like this. Andrew, Andrew, <laughs> any version of anything that Tom Jones does is the best version of God that thing. God damn it. God damn it. Tom Jones, He's Tom just Jones. Like, Tom, God damn it, you're right. If Tom Jones released a cover album of In the Aeroplane Over the Sea... <laughs> It, Look, I would buy that. That on would vinyl. be the best. And it's so strange to see <laughs> the world of green. That's exactly how it would Very go, good. and it would be the best version. I think it would sound a little bit like this. <laughs> it would be the best version of that album. <laughs> I, I love the original, but it's Tom. But it's not Tom Jones. It's, it's Tom, Jones. Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Tom Jones. <laughs> what album would you like to see? <laughs> Covered by Tom Jones Addis. Look, I'm not a greedy man, but Disintegration would be pretty special. Oh, <laughs> oh god damn it. Andrew's dying. Andrew's dying. <laughs> We're going to do something very special for you today, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to be covering Loveless by Margaret and Valentine. In its entirety. There's all like some words in that album. We're checking, man. We're checking some words. Yeah. All the feedback from the Sleep like a pillow. <laughs> downward. <laughs> Where? <laughs> Everything is better with Tom Jones. It's canon. It's canon. Oh my god. This song proves it. Yeah, because it would be better with Tom Jones. Fucking right. Yeah. This you, Nathan? Yeah. Sort it out. Give us some space. Give us some space, man. So this is space also with Sarah's Matthews from a band called Catatonia. Yes, don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about Catatonia later. Oh, great. A song called Road Rage. Well, that's a two for them because we've also talked about space. They did the fantastic song. Female, female, female of the species. About, it is. More so this is, uh, I guess on one hand, it's a lot of work for a couple of Delilah and Pussycat gags um, <laughs> that they then repeat in the same yeah, no, <laughs> so I, th- I think they've only heard two Tom Jones songs. <laughs> Which yeah. is a terrible shame because exactly. he does an amazing version of this. Uh, I don't know who does the original. Burning down the house, though. Uh, <laughs> so the song is about a couple whose like homicidically toxic relationship is saved by hearing Tom Jones first on the radio and then the greatest hits that they bought, which is very cute. They've all been there. Ten out of ten for concept. Four out of ten for execution. <laughs> oh, boo, you I, Grinch. I don't know. It's, I, I think four is generous. <laughs> no, 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 the verses are just kind of meandering... It feels like the first draft. If I came up with the idea, and it must have been super fun to come up with the idea for this song. Yeah, true. And you'd throw around, like, you'd come up with heaps of the lines in that moment. But then they didn't make any of them better, and there's just too many lines that aren't good. Like, none of it fits to rhyme or reason. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not love how fucking shitty it is? Yeah, <laughs> like, I guess. And then, the, and then they're like, I've never thrown my knickers at you and I don't come from Wales. I don't come from Wales. But the song isn't saying he is Tom Jones. <laughs> they're saying that they both enjoy Tom... So, what? Then, in the chorus... You stopped us from killing each other. Tom Jones, Tom Jones. Tom Jones, Tom Jones. Saves the entire song. Who does save it? Because it's too good. It's so dumb. Tom Jones, Tom Jones. Tom Jones, Tom Jones. It's too good. It's too good. It could have been a super funny and clever song, I think, with a bit more work on the verses. If they've got a punch-up guy in there who nicked up the verses. And if you put more effort into it, it would be sad. No, it wouldn't. Not that much effort. Obviously, as well, this is a song that doesn't invite critical engagement. Yeah, the, like, the, no. I know Godzilla, King Kong. Like, 
It's like you. We, are, we all know Godzilla. He's there called, are more he's Tom Jones time. references to mine for this song. Yeah, and you can leave it with a better line than than I know Godzilla. As much as that clearly ties uh, in to the silver chair. Uh, so that for. is what they were doing. Maybe yeah. they were angling for the soundtrack. <laughs> the soundtrack yeah, they didn't get it. They gave it to silver chair instead. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, God damn it! Why? Do we- <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Doesn't even have a title. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 fun and silly. Yeah. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just could have been way better. Yeah. Like, the Such gags, a good piece of shit, though. <laughs> there, are, there are good gags to be found in this concept, and they didn't quite get that. Like, I think, you know, like, I bumped the radio and, the, like, lucky we bought the greatest hits. Like, that's good. Yeah. Um, and there's just not enough there. Not nearly. You made me cuckoo. It's just like, come on, have, a, have another go. <laughs> I'm writing this. Nah. And so it was like, I've lost my habit. No, no, that's the arsenic I put in your food. <laughs> it's like, dude, come on. Yeah. Give it a once over. <laughs> I stand by my statement that if it was, it worked, was better, if it was really. worked on anymore, if it was better, it wouldn't be as good. Cool. That's, yeah. I look, look, Tom Jones, Tom Jones. Tom Jones, Tom Jones. <laughs> yeah, that's we, of that we good. can all agree. Yeah. And, and the best part is that uh, there is a video that you can check out. I've on on you. We'll we'll post it. We'll we'll do that. You can add us and we'll send it to you. <laughs> we'll slide into your DMs with it. Yeah, share it one by one. <laughs> well, you're not going to bother doing it once if no one wants it. If we get the if we get the ads, we'll and it comes. And uh, what is that video? Adam? It is it is Tom Jones. Uh, Someone in there, I don't know what, what he's performing. Anyway, there's brass everywhere. But he's performing on this thing. It's probably for the Queen or something. Oh, she's probably there. She follows him around. <laughs> yeah. um, Who wouldn't? Exactly. I got shit on, but otherwise. <laughs> yeah, the Queen's <laughs> schedule is open. <laughs> <laughs> she got, she's she's the got ultimate Tom Jones she got, she got time off. She's, she's a, her RDOs are stacked up. It's <laughs> Oh. She, she put it in with HR. She just takes some personal leave. We are broken. We are a broken podcast. <laughs> okay, the Queen. Bye. <laughs> it's me, the Queen. It's me, the Queen. Uh, anyway, the video is he's performing somewhere. The Queen's there. And someone asks him, I don't know whether this is a setup or what. It has to be. But someone asks him, like, has, has anyone written a song about you? And he's like, well, they have. They have, actually. And then, that's not how I wonder if it was a setup. <laughs> Yeah, totally, and he and he said, Tom, you know, you look like you've had a song written about you." Because then he because then he brings him out, and out comes Tommy, and they both perform the Kinks "Sunny Afternoon," and it is the best version of "Sunny Afternoon." Lazing on a sunny afternoon. Because I guess it would have to be. It was Tom Jones, yeah. uh, but that's the video that you can ask us for. But they don't play. They don't play this song. But it's so funny seeing Tommy Scott uh, next to Tom Tommy Jones. Jones. Tommy Jones. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Because <laughs> Tom Jones is he's he's you know he's he's Tom Jones. He looks exactly like Tom Jones. He's wearing a, a immaculate all black suit. He's dressed to the nines, and every every like movement he does is just like the product of being a consummate professional performer since. Birth, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine he came out and he was straight away just being like, and then you got Tommy there, who's just like, he's just, he's a little weedy looking, um, and he's wearing like, he's he's not dressed as well as Tom Jones, and, but they're no but they're shit. having but they are having a ball together, you nice. know. I I do love it when artists will do versions of songs about them. 
like when Ben Lee covered Ben Lee by the Ataris, <laughs> which is a song basically shit canning him for like three minutes. It's so good. There's also a great cover of Brian Wilson covering Brian Wilson by the fucking Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, nice. And like he does the harmonies better than they do. Of course he does. <laughs> well, Brian Wilson. So sick. But yeah, this is. Eh. <laughs> Tom Jones, Tom Jones, though, right? Tom, Tom Jones, Tom Jones. Obviously, like, Tom Jones is the fucking man. No, but does that gag get it for you? Tom so, Jones, Tom sort Jones. Of, sort of. Oh. Uh, I don't come from Wales, is very funny, too. But. I know it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Good. I don't know, I guess. Good. I don't want this to make sense. <laughs> I Tom Jones deserves a better song being written about him. Oh, have, there, have there been others? At us. <laughs> <laughs> And number 91, it's Jebediah with Benedict. Number 91 with Benedict. Fuck, I thought we'd gotten rid of this clown. <laughs> Kevin Bloody Mitchell is back at it again with his bloody nonsense songs from his silly bloody band. <sighs> Wait, hang on, hang on. Give it two seconds. Is he gone? He's gone. Okay. All right, cool. Okay. All right, open it up. Let's talk. This uh, was uh, maybe the first song I remember loving by Jebediah as a kid. Oh, really? So I, this is okay, so mine was Animal. Mine yeah, was right. Animal. So I, I think it's in this countdown. Not mm. sure. But yeah, yeah that's on fucking rules. I remember being a kid and do, like, you know, the, the Ben, a dag, Ben, but yeah, that, I, I like that. Well, my, my, my brother's name was Ben, so it was like a memorable thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, hearing, yeah. This on, hearing this on Triple J, my parents had it on. So I. Did you ever say Ben's a dick? Ben, Ben's a dick? Ben, Ben's a dick. No, I didn't. I, I oh, you were like cruel enough. Saving yourself up for the Frenzel track, Ben is a cunt. Yeah, Ben is a cunt, yeah. <laughs> right. um, this fucking. Heaps fucking good. Fun, great. Good energy. I guess the lyrics are about like a mate who's like a druggy bushdoof cunt. Yeah, I don't know. Kevin Addis. Your mate. <laughs> it's just like the dude, weird dude who believes some stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom DeLonge. And, it, and it's, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's about Tom DeLonge. <laughs> Tom DeLonge. Tom, Tom DeLonge. Not to be confused with Tom Jones. Yeah, the. Um... Burn order, burn order. <laughs> Oh, no, that would be a great version. <laughs> yes, the, uh, the like, best version. 
the um the the didn't wanna find you chorus heaps heaps good. This is not necessarily like beyond critical. It's not that much of a sudden sugar for me, but like I don't know, man. I don't want to delve into why I love this song. It's just heaps good. All oh. the bits are good. Like right from the, the first yeah, yeah, that yeah is tight, and yeah. then the way the band kicks in is just like mm, this is true. Good. And like you can tell that this is a this is a band who liked Nirvana and great, but they also like fun. Exactly. You can easily see how this could have been a straight-out Nirvana song, but it's the things that separate it from that, like, the, you know, the Ben Benedict. Like, it, it's too fun. Nirvana never had that much fun, ever. No. But even, like, the way that they play kind of with the tropes of grunge in a little in a, in a little way, but they make that a little bit more fun. I'm thinking of the, you know, what the song's written about. You're essentially talking about an outsider who's ostracized, whose own beliefs let him down, the things that the very things that ostracize him. You know, they don't want, find, want want to find you or whatever. And yet, the way that they deal with that is in a, in a really kind of lighthearted, fun, bouncy kind of way. It's definitely more of an album cut than, than some of the, like, the big Jebediah singles. But I think it's great for that. Like, there's more to kind of delve into and investigate here. You can build more of a relationship to this song just yourself, one-on-one, than you can with, say, uh, Harpoon or uh, any of the other bigger singles, which, which are kind of more shared. It could be a cool thing to say, yeah, Benedict's my favourite song. That's good. From I mean, it's cool. Yeah. 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 yeah, I thought that was... Uh, you know, I, case in point, I thought yeah. that was cool when you said that. Yeah. It's awesome. It's just... Yeah, it's, it's, just, just an, it's another great cut. Too good. Yeah. There's literally no more discussion than needs to be had. It's just so surface-level awesome. It's really good when it's on. I, 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 I like the parts when I'm hearing this song. <laughs> yeah, That's it. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. 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 But even, even this is that thing, like, you know, and going back to uh, when you, Adam, were chatting to Kevin sure. last season, like, just all that stuff about, like, his voice is so idiosyncratic and it doesn't sound like anything else that anyone is doing. And, like, that real punk energy that's infected. Like, it's kind of like a Nirvana song that's been infected with fun punk. Yeah, that's it. That's and, a great, that's a and great then just like, And then just about a friend, because why not? And yeah. this song is just going to be super fun to play and hear. Yeah, it's going to have like 30 words. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. The, the, maths, the maths checks out. Quick maths. It's, <sighs> you get the Nirvana track, you infect it with the punk, and then you leave it to sit in your mate's backyard on the shitty couch. Yeah, mm. yeah. And then, you, and then it turns into this, and you're like, oh, great, it's done. It's done. Yeah. Bring it in. And you try and recreate yeah. it later and you get... Oh, what's a bad band that... Any bad bands out there? (laughs) Jet. Jet rule! (laughs) Alright, Jet rule. I'm going to spend the rest of my afternoon listening to Tom Jones covers. I've got a big afternoon. He has a really fucking good version of Leonard Cohen's Tower of Song. Not having a laugh. It's really beautiful. Why would anyone assume you're having a laugh? Andrew, we are deadly serious. (laughs) Well, fucking damn it. I hate this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I hate my friends. Give it five stars out of spite. (laughs) (laughs) That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100 and 1000. Thanks to FBI Radio for having us. And thanks to Tom Jones. Just, Just for being you, man. Yeah. You're a knight. You got knighted because you were so good at music. This whole time we Sir haven't been Tom saying Jones. it right. Let's show some goddamn fucking respect. <laughs> they gave him a sword. They did the thing. They gave him a sword because he was so good at music. Well, the Queen's his biggest fan. Which, yeah, as we were talking obviously. About, obviously. I reckon he shagged the Queen once. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon he did it. Well... If he did, it would have been better than anyone else. True, true. <laughs> Philip, I've 
been listening to podcasts recently. <laughs> I, I found something rather troubling. Uh, I don't know whether you want to hear this. Uh, I have some terrible news. I have some terrible news brought to you from Australia. Brought to you from one of the colonies. These, we actually, <laughs> where? We actually, we actually uh, have some audio uh, from the tape. Damn it. <laughs> Before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favourites and our least favourites and continue the ever-continuing story. Oh, that's my Tom Jones. Uh, <laughs> that's of, very good. Uh, carry over chimps and chumps. My favourite from this episode is Perfect by the Smashing Pumpkins and I'm going to... I'm going to put it in. That's my new champ. I'm going to stick with it. Well, good work. Uh, chump for this episode, I'm going to give it to the Ballad of Tom Jones, which I don't want to do because it's Tom Jones. But space left me space. with no... Space left me with no fucking choice. Yeah. Had to do it. And that's the chump? Nah, I'm going to keep Baker Street. Nice. For mm. now. Well, my fave is uh, Beck Tropicalia, um, oh. and I'll also make it uh, my new champ. Oh. And my... Worst song and new chump is Battle of Tom Jones. So early nice. days, right? I'm going to change yeah, a few yeah, times. Exactly. It's yeah. like we have it yeah. until we, we find the the the, the nine, clear the, stinker. There'll yeah. be the loop of nine. Eight. Um, favorite song Benedict. Um, I love the Super Jesus track, but I'm going to make Benedict my new champ. Oh, good one. Um, Sick. And yeah, I guess space, and I guess it can be the chump, but it's like <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, Silver Chair is my favourite and I would like to make it my carry of a chump because I like being sad let's be more sad my least favourite of this episode yes it is The Ballad of Tom Jones <laughs> but it's I still have I'm glad it's, yeah, I'm yeah, glad yeah. it exists I'm glad it's there and I've heard it and my chump remains Midnight Oil mm. yeah nice bad cholesterol enough. sticking around that's the problem with it it's that is, it yeah. is sticky yeah, yeah. The yeah. cholesterol it's is viscous st- uh, yeah Oh boy. Jeez yeah. Louise. All right, folks, we are going to get on out of here, but thank you again so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your bloody podcasts. Spread the word and add us. Get amongst it. You should do that. Please no, do don't that. don't know if we've mentioned at all to do that this episode, but you should. <laughs> on behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison, Bye. Mr. Adam Buncher, Tom Jones, and our returning, beautiful returning boy that we all know and love, Mr. Andrew McDonald. Tom Jones. Hell yeah, baby. My name is David James Young. Keep music. Yeah! Yeah! So I was, I was very pleased and very flattered. <laughs>